We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hey guys, we just wanted to drop in and talk to you about something else that we're incredibly passionate about. As you all know, we love sport. We love it from grassroots level all the way up to the elite level. And Georgie and I wanted to talk to you about uh, an audio series that we've created with our friend Beck Sparrow and it's called Play On and it's all about helping teens stay in the game. We know that there's a lot of kids out there at the moment who might be all of a sudden really interested in a certain sport called soccer or football and never has it been more important for kids to feel like it's okay to not be good at something. It's not a long episode. If you like it, you'll be able to pick it up at Apple Podcasts or at the website of our friend Rebecca Sparrow. Hey, guys. So if people go to my website, which is rebeccasparrow.com, you'll see Play On there. We'd love you to have a listen. And as Georgie said, we know a lot of kids are now going to be signing up for sporting teams, whether it's soccer or basketball or swimming, whatever it is, and grappling with those feelings like, oh, I feel like I'm now the worst player on the team, you know, or in the squad because I'm up against people who've been doing this since they were maybe three. (laughs) Um, So we're going to unpack that with you because we don't want you to give up. We've got lots of tips and tools. No one better at that than Libby Trickett um, so that you can play on. Welcome to Play On, helping teens stay in the game. And this episode is what to do when you are the worst player on the team. Look, this is a tricky one because I think certainly I could this has been my experience, even as an adult in adult netball teams when I've played social netball. I'm always the worst player on the team. And I'm not sort of having a pity party. I am actually the worst player on the team and that's something that <laughs> I accept. And the people who play with me just seem to accept the fact that I am. Somebody has to be the worst player on the team. We Somebody does. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Can't so, all be perfect. so I'm comfortable with it. But that's because when you're an adult, I guess, and you're playing social netball, usually I would hope it's less intense. Whereas I think it's more difficult when you're playing high school sport or community sport when you're a teenager. It feels like there's more at stake. So I can understand that, you know, it's hard. This stuff is hard. But when we unpack this, there's a few things I'm thinking of, which is when somebody says I'm the worst player on a team, what does that mean? And is it factually correct? Is that a story that you're telling yourself? Is this, are other people making you feel like you're the worst player and actually you're the same level as most other people on the team? You know, this is what we need to get into here. Do you like the team, but you feel like you're a bad player or you actually hate the team and you need to be in a different environment? So this is all, I think, what we want to talk about. But I'm, I'm looking at you two and I'm thinking clearly as the less active, I'm not going to say sporty, person here I've had definitely had this experience of being the kind of the dead weight on a team but have you two had that experience I'm looking at I mean Libby you haven't I mean poor George Georgia you have (laughs) obviously Georgie has naturally in not becoming an Olympian I definitely was the worst on the team look I because I loved sports so much I 
it didn't really bother me if I was the worst. Like netball, I was not the best player on that team when I played for one year in grade six. But I had. But how did you handle that? So let's. I stopped playing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But this is what we're talking about because we know that there are people listening who are feeling right now, I am the worst player on my team. Yeah. And and this whole series is we don't want you to give up sport or activity. So Libby's in grade six. She's like, I'm the worst netball player on this team. And she's like, I'm out of here. That's not what we do not. Be a Libby. Don't or, do don't do a Libby. You might be the worst person on the netball team and therefore you go, do you know what? I don't want to play netball. But maybe I could play touch footy. Yes. Right. True. So I think. Good point. Is it just that you're in the wrong sport or so, this sport isn't for you and that's okay? For me, being one of the best on the team was a important part. Was, was a stumbling block. <laughs> it, was a, it was an important element of what I was trying to do with my sport. That was something that engaged me, the highly competitive nature of sport, that's something that lights me up. I wasn't even the worst, I don't think, but I wasn't the best. And so for me that involved trying to find different sports, which allowed me to play loads of sports because I just loved being active. So I did. I did touch football. I did rowing. I did gymnastics and tennis and athletics and dancing. So I tried every sport and swimming was the one that, that I kept coming back to basically. Do you think as well for you to be in a team and have that dynamic around you, did that help you work out whether you liked being in a team environment as opposed to being an individual athlete? Like was that a key factor in you finding your sport? Yes, 100%. And that's the thing. Like we have to understand what, what sport is to you. So do you just like being in that team environment and being lifted up by one another and you know, one person has a bad game, but you have a great game and then you have a bad game, they have a great game and you can all work together and support each other and encourage each other. Whereas for me, I I just wanted all of the, what's the word? Everything's winning? on you. All of the winning <laughs> no, is but, up to me. But, but you live or die by, the expression is you live or die by your own sword, which Correct. is if you have a bad day, it's on you. And if you have a good day, it's on you. And it's nothing to do. There's no reliance yes. whatsoever. On other people. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. Like there are definitely athletes who are individual athletes and there are athletes who are team athletes. And that's fine. You've got to find what resonates with you. You touched on something there around what's driving you to do your sport. And I think I learned that I did a whole season of swimming when I was in grade 12. I just, I'd always done a bit of swimming, but I decided I was going to apply myself and see if I could make the team. And I was acutely aware that I was not very good. I was definitely bottom of the squad and I ended up not making the team, which on the face of it sounds very sad, but actually I had loved that season of swimming. I had just got so much out of swimming with my friends and being with my friends. There was also breakfast provided after training. I loved that. I loved that. You're whole- our Labrador. <laughs> You're motivated by food. <laughs> motivated by food. I loved that whole environment and it taught me a really important lesson. I didn't actually know how I would feel if I wasn't selected. And it wasn't until I didn't get selected that I realized that that was okay. What I had got out of that process, what I'd wanted, even though I was arguably one of the worst in that squad. I've had other situations where I've been the worst in a team and my own expectations of that experience have meant that I've been 
very stressed about that and worried and anxious and not enjoyed playing the sport. And that's because I really, I wanted to do well, but I, I clearly wasn't up to that same standard. So my own expectations of myself then impacted my experience of that sport. And what's an example of when you were in a team where you have been? In a softball team where I've had to play up a grade or play in in a team that I wouldn't usually play in and I've been put into that environment and I can see that I'm the weakest link. And for me, that just creates a level of, oh God, what if I drop the ball? Or what happens if I strike out? And how's that going to work? And I become my own worst enemy. And it, and I think other people can see in your energy that you're not enjoying it. and Because you're second-guessing yourself. Absolutely. Your confidence is mm. completely gone and you're probably not a very fun player to be around. There's something to be said. You can be the worst player in a team. That doesn't mean you're not a team asset. You can absolutely mm. still be a team asset if you can have the confidence to be okay with what your place is. Because mm. there are so many other important elements to each player, you know, whether it's attitude or whether it's, you know, enthusiasm and, you know, your ability to like lift other people up when they're feeling. Because the captain of a team is not always the best player in the team. Absolutely not. That's true, isn't it? So it's often the person who has an ability to bring people together and to inspire. Yeah. To lead. To lead and inspire people. And you have to remember the coach has chosen you. You've been picked in the team. So you might have been the ninth pick or the 13th pick or the 15th pick, but you've been picked. You're in there. So you quite consciously, and I'm not saying this is easy, this is incredibly hard, but you have a conscious decision to make as to how you play that role. You can either Mm. sit there and be like, I'm the worst, this is the worst, I'm so bad at this, and that's the story you're telling yourself in your head. Mm. Or you can be like, my God, I made the team, right. I'm going to make sure these bats are lined up beautifully and that the water bottles are filled and I'm going to be the sparkliest person on the bench and cheering everybody on because that's the role I'm going to play. And you almost become like a self-fulfilling prophecy then. Mm. You're definitely on the team. So then, Lib, what advice would you say? I'm just interested if we just look at this aspect because I think there's two sides to this. So one is that you're on the team really unpack the story that you're telling yourself in Mm. your head and Mm. whether it's factually correct. This idea of I am the worst player on a team, are you? Can you push back against yourself and where's the evidence? Is that factually correct that you are? As Georgie just said, you're actually on the team, you've been chosen and I would say if you're feeling like you're the worst player on a team, maybe that means that you do some extra practice. Like if you like that team, if you like the people that you're playing with, like the coach, you feel like you're kind of the weakest link, but you want to be on that team, right? What would you say, Libby? What is your advice for those people who are having that experience? I mean, that's, it's such an important element because, you know, for me, that's the self-improvement element of sport is really, really important. So the thing that I really used to focus on when I was swimming was using a thing called a power phrase. So when you're in your head and you're like, I'm the worst, this is terrible, I shouldn't be here, I don't belong, uh, I won't win or all of those negative um, thought trains that get into our head, I would come back to my power phrase. And so that involved for me working with my coach and initially I had a lot of illness as a swimmer so I was pretty lucky with injuries but I used to get a lot of asthma and lung-related issues. So 
before the 2003 World Championships, I worked with my coach to develop a power phrase to focus my thinking. So that became, I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy, therefore I'm fast. And I used to repeat that over and over again in my head at competitions because then I was getting out of that negative spiral that I would get into to try and get the best out of myself because at the end of the day, that's what competition or carnivals or, you know, matches are all about is about getting the best out of ourselves on each day, whatever that might be. And so then I developed it because I used to get distracted by my competitors and worrying about what they were doing. And so it became I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy, therefore I'm fast. No doubts, no regrets. I'm just here to have fun. And that was just the perfect reminder of what sport was to me and what I actually wanted to get out of it. Yes, I wanted to be fast. Yes, I wanted to have fun. So those two elements and creating your own power phrase that resonates with you and what sport means to you and what being a part of any particular team means to you is just so powerful in training our brains because our brains need training just as much as our bodies need training to focus on what is important Mm. rather than getting distracted by negative thoughts. I mean, it could be I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy and I belong here or I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy and I'm an important part of this team. Correct. Anything like that. So I think the power phrase idea, sitting down and actually being a bit of a detective, like looking at your thoughts and thinking, are these factually correct? What evidence do I have to say that I'm the worst player on the team? And also I would say if you're feeling like you're not as good as some of the others, putting in some extra work. Yes. That, it could be as simple as that. That helps with, you know, confidence and, you know, feeling like you belong. Effort equals outcome. So that's one situation. The other situation is, of course, is you're feeling like I am the worst player on this team. The other people are making me feel that mm. I am the worst player on the team and that I'm letting them down. I'm not enjoying being here. So that's a different problem in which case maybe we're saying what you said earlier, which is, Maybe you change sport, maybe you change club yep. or team. Maybe that's not the environment for you. Again, just because other people are making you feel like you don't belong or you're letting the team down, that's not necessarily the truth of what's going on. But if you're feeling uncomfortable, I'm a big bully. Life's too short. If, you, if you're in a team where they're making you feel like you're not wanted, I'd be like, okay. Get out of there. I don't want you either. Yeah, I'd be thinking it's time to sort of. Make a change. Yeah. So I think that's probably the two scenarios. Are we thinking that's Yeah, and the other thing I would say is that this is tricky stuff to navigate, but you're also learning real-world skills that will serve you so well as you get older. Like these are situations you come up against in the workplace. Mm. Like I have been in work teams when I'm like, um, clearly you're all very excellent and I'm faking it till I make it. And having been in these sports situations is really helpful to then navigate the real world. The only other thing I would add to that, it's not the worst thing to be the worst player. Oh, such a good point. Do you know what I mean? So when you're forced into a situation where other people are better than you, that's something that lifts you. That's something that makes you better. That makes you learn from people who might have more experience or more knowledge or like that's the stuff that I want to surround myself with people who are better than me. And it can be really intimidating and it can be really overwhelming and it can be 
something that makes you go, oh, I just wish I was better. But being in those environments, you lift to that level. So are you saying if you get yourself into that situation and you're looking around going, I am the worst at the moment, to really... That's key. I'm the worst at the, the moment. moment. Oh, God, that is key. At the moment. Yes. Yeah. And to look, but to also really unpack what you're reacting to. Yeah. Are you reacting to the fact that you're the worst and you'll never be the best and you're sitting at the bottom? Or are you reacting to the fact that this is a hard challenge yeah. and not to shy away from a challenge? Don't shy away from it. Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. Mm. And that's so true. Yeah. Because that that's how we as humans get better. Mm. It's when we're around people who are better than us. That's how you grow. Yeah. And really it's why you two are with me. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> so if you like that episode, you can get all eight episodes in our limited series at rebeccasparrow.com. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you'll get all eight episodes plus a monthly drop of snippets from conversations we're having with other athletes. Uh, also a Q&A we'll do with Libby. So if you do have any questions, send them in and we'll ask an Olympian. And if you want to learn more about the, these conversations or more statistics around kids uh, quitting sport, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, do all those little things. But you can also follow us on Instagram at Play on Australia. Play on Australia.